I'm glad this is not yet a visual podcast because I do. I've, I've purposefully gone. Where are we? 18 mil on that lens, just so you can't <laughs> see my eyes. Um, I feel horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you sound dreadful. <clears throat> yeah, I've. Um, I mean, you warned me about this, to be fair, and you were totally right. I, I'll be completely honest. I thought, nah, it can't be that bad, can it? You have kids. Surely not just ill all the time. I've got a fairly decent immune system. Rubbish. No, it's just horrible. Um, to be fair, though, I don't think this is Harrison's fault. I think this, this came from somewhere else. But it's easily the most annoying kind of head cold type thing I've ever had in my entire life, which just will not go at all. Stomach's fine. I can eat like a horse, but it's just the... Your voice, you could probably hear the voice, eyes, not, you know. I've, I've had two mornings, uh, the last two mornings, where I've woken up with my eyes glued shut because of stuff on them. Sorry to get too um, gross about this, but um, oh, I'm coughing, all, having a really annoying, tickly cough. All sorts of things coming out of my nose that I've never seen before in my life. <laughs> um, it's just horrible. <laughs> I just want to go back to bed. I can't. I've got so much to do as well. I'm going to New York tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's that going to work? I have no idea. It's it's a really busy trip as well. I've been planning it out with Jen in terms... Because I'm going to there's a conference. There's a, a, an influencer, for want of a much better phrase. Confluence? Conference on a Tuesday and Wednesday next week. But I'm going for six nights. So um, I'm spending the rest of the time making some content while I'm there, obviously, as well. Uh, and meeting a couple of people. I'm meeting uh, a couple of people from the Discord server. Josh Josh C., who's not on, on here watching at the moment, but uh, and Neil, who is part of the Medium um, Academy, who lives in New York. Oh, nice. And potentially another YouTuber, Fernando Silva, who's a, a big kind of iPad guy. Um, that's up in the air at the minute. But, um, yeah, but basically it's, it's a really packed out uh, week. And... Um, what obviously the the conference is yeah, straightforward you go there and you meet people and it's all fairly normal the, the, the content i'm making is very shoehorned in so because i've just got the 15 inch macbook air which is just here um i need to review it pretty quickly um but i'm in new york so i'm just going to review it in new york while walking around the site so jen's created this kind of two-day plan for me to go and see everything i want to see and eat everything i want, want to eat and while i'm doing that i'm going to review the 15 inch macbook air which has no relation to it whatsoever but i'm just doing it because people like travel vlogs and stuff um the second one i'm going to do a film location tour on the thursday uh, and do a, like an updated review of the apple watch ultra because i've got a sponsor who needs <laughs> needs that video and that makes a little bit more sense because I can do the whole, you know, retesting the battery and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a full on, full on week and I feel like I'd much rather just go to bed. But then I can't wait mm. to go because I've never been to New York before. And I'm sort, sort of massively excited about it and feeling ill at the same time. So if, if everyone could feel sorry for me, that would be great. <laughs> so it's, you're going for six nights? Yeah. That's very good of Casey to put you up for six nights. <laughs> yeah, old Mr. Neistat, he, he's like that. He's, he's put, he set up a, a blow-up bed in his um, studio. He's going to sleep on the floor while he makes amazing videos and just watch him. I, funnily enough, I am going to go past his... Thing. One of the locations I've set, for, I think, for Monday, uh, Sunday or Monday is his studio. So I'm going to walk out and... Jen said, why don't you, why don't you message him, see if he can take, bless her, take, you know, take you out for a coffee? He's not going to see that message. Um 
But you never know, you might walk out. Maybe if I'm talking to my son, no, doing my, my own Casey thing outside, how ironic would that be if that guy came out and uh, told me to get out of the way and stop pretending to be him? Yeah. No, well, you, you might see him out and about on his electric skateboard. I may. I may do. So, yeah, that's New York. Uh, you've been away, though, as well. I mean, that's not, you know, it's not all about me. Oh, no. <laughs> Not quite as glamorous. <laughs> I was spinning in Weymouth in Dorset down on the south I coast. I love Weymouth. Didn't you? Weymouth makes me think of my childhood. We went to Weymouth many a time as kids. Yeah, well, it was, it was mostly for the kids. So, um, yeah, we they, the girls had a lovely time. But obviously, mum and dad are knackered. We need a holiday to get over the holiday. I bet, definitely. But, uh, yeah, no, it's really, really nice place. Can recommend. But you head ha- half an hour in either direction. You get to, sorry, Weymouth. You get to much nicer places. <laughs> so yeah, we we did we did a fair exploration of surrounding areas. So, so I mean, Weymouth's a really fun seaside town. You got fairground attractions, and you know, you can get uh, helter skelters and ice creams and all the stuff you'd expect. I've got a really nasty feedback. Oh, have you? From me or from? I don't know what's going on there. As in feed, uh, uh, screeching feedback or? No, as in like a a, a, a repeated echo of myself. Interesting. Um, it's not my headphones, is it? Let's try that. Is that any better? I don't know. Let's see. Can you hear it now? I don't know. Right, we'll, we'll just we'll power on. Power on. Okay. What, what are we talking about? Um, oh, Weymouth. Yeah, no, Weymouth yeah. is lovely. It is, yeah. Not been there for many years, but um, yeah. So that's the travel stuff. I, I went to Berlin this week as well, which didn't, which did, did and didn't help things. I mean, it was a great trip to, you know, on behalf of Panasonic, but um, made me feel much worse afterwards and um, added to the the ill ill wo- woes over here. But um, that was no, that was great. I mean, I'll stop talking about how ill how ill I am now. Um, so yeah, I went to Berlin uh, on behalf of Panasonic just to see their new twenty twenty three TV range, which is very lovely. And uh, for, yeah, first time. Have you been to Berlin? No, I've been to Frankfurt. Okay, it's a lovely city. I mean, it didn't as always. I didn't see very much of it at all. But it was um, what I did see of it was very nice. Um, took a quick walk down to the Brandenburg Gate in the morning just before, before the flight back, back home and that was very nice and uh, yeah and Panasonic were great they were very very hospitable very nice food lots of drink very nice hotel uh, great demo actually as well the, the way they kind of unveiled the TVs and stuff was very bearing in mind it was a room full of people and trying to herd all these people around these new new TVs and showing them all the kind of intricate details of them and stuff. They, they did a good job of it, I thought, really. Um, did, you, did you see any other famous YouTubers? Uh, no one huge, really, no. Um, who did I meet? I met up with a guy called Ben who's um, who runs, uh, I think it's Tech Lover UK, I think his um, channel's called. Um, but apart from that, it was mainly press, so it was mainly people, uh, you know, the old hacks uh, writing for like the likes of T3 and those sort of magazines. Uh, lovely people, Re- really, really good group actually. We had a really good laugh. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's, they're such whirlwind events. You just, you, like I say, you're shipped out, wind and dine, sent back very quickly. So you, you have you have to do a lot of thinking on your feet, particularly if you're making video content, because yeah, you know, we didn't have access to these TVs beforehand, so um, we had no idea what they were going to show or how they were going to show it. So you have to very quickly think about what sort of stuff you're going to 
you're going to make for your for your audience and um that can be quite challenging but it's a I quite enjoy so, it. I mean, are they trying to stage some sort of big comeback? Because you go back 10 years and Panasonic, it was all about the plasma, or maybe even longer than that, I'm showing my age here. But like, if you wanted the best telly, you bought a Panasonic plasma, didn't you? Yeah. And then plasma just died a death. Um, and since then, it's all been LG, Samsung, Sony. I wouldn't have said that Panasonic was near the top of the shortlist of brands that I would consider when buying a telly. I mean, my current telly is a Philips, but that's only because I got it for 50p. It wasn't literally 50p. It was like a, it was an end, you know, like at the end of a, the, the current cycle, you, they all get discounted mm. to make room for, for next year's. And from year to year, tellies don't really get that much better, do they? So it was Argos, good old Argos. Uh, like this TV was already like half, the retail price because they were trying to get rid of them and then there was a coupon off tellies of a certain size to get another x percent off anyway, all this to say i got like this 55 inch telly which is it's okay it's not it's not brilliant telly but it's fine uh it calibrates up quite nicely actually because you know i've got my my calibrator thingy i calibrated it to acceptable levels yep the blacks are grey and, you know, it runs a really chonky Android-based operating system, so I don't connect it to the interwebs. But it's uh, it was about 300 quid, basically, 55-inch telly, and that was nice. five years ago. Yeah. Which was, that's very good money for that size of telly. Um, and actually, I had I, ordered it at three o'clock in the afternoon, because this is when we were moving into this house, and by the time... Mrs. Rob had got back from work in London. It, it was arrived and had been set up. So, Amazing. yeah, just a, a big shout-out for Argos. But anyway, all, all this to say, the, um, are they making a comeback, Panasonic? Are they really trying to sort of get up into the, 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 the people's shortlist? Because I think you're either going to be looking at LG, Samsung, Sony, or at the lower end of the market, you've got the sort of the, the plucky upstarts, your high sense and stuff, who are offering really good value tellies for not, for, for not a lot of money i, d I think they must be I mean, that's part of the reason they're doing these these events i think really um and they're really they're really nice tvs i, th I think the, the two things they were pitching with it were the um the tie time with hollywood so they had a colorist on a, a professional colorist who's worked on really big productions really big films and tv series and stuff and she was talking about how they use panasonic tvs as reference monitors for for home stuff basically when they're referencing for, for home they, they've always used Panasonic apparently um, and they've just signed a deal with Activision uh, you know, Diablo 4 um, Activision who is it who's the other game developer behind that Blizzard Blizzard um, they've literally just partnered with them so that so Panasonic, Panasonic are now the official uh, Activision Blizzard partner apparently TV partner uh, and they were there as well just to kind of show off the the capabilities of these things uh, with that game. So I think they, they, they want a piece of the, the pie, don't they, clearly? The, the challenge they've got is they're really expensive. You know, these these units are... I'm still waiting for confirmation of some of the pricing so I can put something together about it, but it's um, the word on the street is that they're, they're still very expensive, especially the top-end stuff. The, um, the the flagship is called the M MZ, MZ2000. That's about four grand, I think, or something. Um so it's don't quote me on that. I haven't got the exact figures yet, but um, it's yeah, it's 
like you say, clearly they, they want they want to be in there, don't they? They want to be in there with the LGs and the the Sonys and all the you know the Samsungs that people are currently buying. And like, even like Hisense, you know, the brands like Hisense have kind of cornered quite a part, big part of the market, mainly through very clever partnerships and sponsorships. I think really like Champions League and that sort of stuff. So they're they're premium. They're going after the premium segment. This will be for high end installs. I think that so. sort of stuff. Yeah, rather than you're not going to see them in curries. I don't think so. Um, there was no kind of talk of that, really. But they, like I say, nice TVs. I haven't had hands-on with them yet. I mean, whether or not I'll get a review, I'm not sure. But um, they were very, they were very bright. That was the one thing. The OLED panels are the brightest they've ever created, and they were incredibly bright. And they, they showed them you know, last year's alongside this year's, and it was noticeably um, more vibrant for that. But um, there's a lot of competition, isn't know. there? Are they, are they going to sort you out with one for a bit to have a go on I, I one? I don't know. Possibly. Who knows? It'd be nice. I mean, they've shipped me out shipped me out to Berlin and fed and watered me, so it would be nice to have a play with one. But, yeah, we'll see. Did they supply all that nice food? You said you shared a bunch of Everything. pictures of... Yeah. Wow. Oh, so the, the amount of... I've written about this on Substack this morning. That What, what amazes me about these events is the, the level of... The, the size of the budget, basically. And there was 19 members of the press, which I'm, I'm included within, um, all shipped out, you know, well, flown over, put up in a really nice hotel, fed at a really posh restaurant. You know, Panasonic booked out the entire restaurant, basically, and it was us lot and loads of Panasonic people as well. Um, and then just the cost of running that event. You know, they'd hired out this movie studio place, and um, it's, there's a lot of money ploughed into it. And at, at, at no point do, does anyone say, you need to create this content. We expect to see this. They just hope that you're going to do say something about it, whether it be a tweet or a, a full length video or a reel or whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, they just they they plow so much budget into this stuff, which is great for people like me. Um, although it's it's hard work. It's, it it does take a lot out of your week as well. So it's quite a big sacrifice amongst everything else that you're doing. Um, but I think it's worth it. You do meet some good people as well. You get, you get some good insider information from people. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. I say Panasonic is not a brand I've thought about for a very long time. I think the last consumer Panasonic device I bought would have been a VCR. But it was well, a really good VCR. It was the, the, the last VCR I ever bought, and it was really amazing because it had all of the latest stuff with the, you know, you could record... Tw- double the length of footage because it would compress it and then it had like a jog wheel and oh, nice. all that sort of stuff it was a really brilliant vcr but i'm, I'm pretty sure that's the last oh no no not tell a lie actually this year i bought a panasonic bread maker there you go that's far more interesting than t- i'd much rather have gone to see some <laughs> bread makers than tvs sorry panasonic. Got a bread maker <laughs> i'd love a bread maker yeah i think it's it is one of those things that you think that you'll use all the time, and you do for about three weeks, and then it goes in the in the cupboard with the sandwich toaster and oh, oh dear. and the the Ninja blender. Oh, everyone's talking about Ninja blenders. Don't get me started with that. <laughs> um, I, I haven't I haven't got involved with the air fryers yet. No air fryer. There was someone on this trip who had just bought a Ninja air fryer, and he would not stop talking about it. Oh, yeah, it seems to be the the thing to do, but I haven't got involved with that yet. <laughs> Right, I think people have come here, Rob, to hear us talk about WWDC. So I think the next well, well, thing—well, they, they have—but before we get there, all this travelling you're doing, yep. I imagine that you'll have wanted to listen to some music or some podcasts whilst in transit. Mm. 
What's the what's what's the latest on your AirPods Pro? Uh, they're still. Where's my phone? Let's let's do a live check. I did this yesterday. Because um, I don't quite understand what's going on here. Um, so they are. So for anyone who's new to this podcast, I basically uh, about what is it, two three weeks ago went to the gym left my AirPods Pro there, came back to the studio, realised I'd left them at the gym, checked Find My, only to find that they'd moved from the gym about 10, 15 minutes into a different town, basically. So they went from Warwick to Leamington um, and then ended up on the Kenilworth Road. Um, I went there to where it said they were and a lovely, very posh kind of block of three apartments. And um, a lovely old lady said, oh dear, we'll have to try and get this sorted for you. Took my details. Haven't heard anything since. Um, they're still there. And so they're still on the Kenilworth Road. I won't say the, the house number, obviously. Um, <laughs> and the last time they were on, whether or not this is fine, am I just doing weird things? I don't know. But the, the last time they were on was 3.23 this morning. And they haven't okay. moved from the spot. And the spot, I don't, again, I don't know how, how accurate it is, but it, it looks like it's in the car park. Mm-hmm. And when I went there three weeks ago, I stood next to a, this really nice Porsche and it looked like they were in there. The, the dot was roughly where the Porsche was. Um, it's pretty much not moved from there since. And occasionally I get notifications saying right or left earbud. Um, I can't think what it says, but basically removed or something. But they haven't moved. If Find My is correct, they've still got charge, which means they're being charged because they've run out of battery two weeks ago, basically. Um I think, like I said in the last last show, it, it is, I mean, without sounding too snobbish, it's, it's the sort of house, and if it is in that car, it's this, I'd be very surprised if these people have nicked my AirPods Pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen said, I wonder if they're just embarrassed about it. I said, well, they've got my number because I gave it to this woman. Um, I haven't well, had time well, to go just back. Just a case of mistaken identity because you didn't engrave your name on these ones, that's, did you? Perhaps you should have done. I did put a little lanyard on it, though, so you'd think. <laughs> um, so I've not had time to go back, but at some stage I'm going to go back and say, look, they're here somewhere. <laughs> they haven't moved. Where are my AirPods Pro? Um, but in the meantime... Got, have, you got any, have you got any... Oh, you got some Beat Studio Plus. Have yeah. they got Find My in them? Uh, or, they or have. Not? Yeah. They're pretty much the same. Have really. you, have you, have you tried, as in the ultra-wideband, really... Oh, Close proximity. Um, the reason I, I ask is because when you were there on site previously, it wasn't sort of kicking into that ultra wideband mode, so you could really pin down where they were. True, that's that's a good point. Actually, that's a very good point. It may. It so may I was just wondering yeah. if you if the, if the Beat Studio Plus have got it, and we could like maybe try an experiment and see if we can figure out how to get that to kick into action. We could do. Uh, how can we? That might be tricky actually today. Um, yeah, we, I, I, we'll perhaps I'll, I'll try that possibly after the podcast. But I mean, I'm just going to go back to that house and just see if I can locate them again when I, whenever yeah. I have time. But it's uh, yeah, I've, I've been using the Beat Studio Buds Plus yeah, up until now anyway, and they've been great. Oh, I've been really enjoying them. How how do they compare? Is it worth spending an extra what seventy five quid? Is it to get the AirPods Pro two? You do get much better noise cancelling and transparency. The more I use the Beats, um, they're good. They're, they're, not, they're not bad at all. Um, they're not as bad as some earbuds, but they're nowhere near as good as the AirPods Pro two. But then nothing is in, at, at that level and, and certainly that size. Um, sound wise, they're great. It's, it's a different sound to the, to, to the AirPods Pro two. Um, 
it's a bit more beats like but not beats of old if that makes sense so not too not too bassy and all that sort of stuff but um no they've been I've, they've not been annoying put it that way since uh, they've been become my sort of main my main buds um they're not uh, there's no wireless charging which is a little bit irritating but again i can look past that it's not not the end of the world so uh, will you be taking those away to New York? Uh, I'll have to, your, yeah. yeah. Your travel I'm, headphones. Yeah. Well. haven't got time to. I think w- w- with the AirPods Pro, if, if for whatever reason I can't retrieve them from where they clearly are, I don't know how that's going to happen. But if that happens, I'll have to wait. I think I, I can't really see the point in getting a new pair. I'll probably wait until the, the next um, version come along. I've made enough content about them. That's the main thing. Um, but yeah, I'll wait until the next. If, if you've not got your V1s knocking around in the drawer, I have given them away. No, I have got them. That's a good point. I don't know. I've got I've got options, Rob. I've got so many options. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. All right. We should, yeah. We do need to talk about WWC, but I just want to shoe go for it. Yeah. Uh, sh- quickly have a drink. <laughs> Shoehorn in a shout out for my my favourite new brand. So the the Nothing Phone Two has got a launch date, eleventh of July, four o'clock, UK time on the nothing website there'll be some sort of launch event and i am very excited about that me too yeah i can't wait for that it's in the diary um yeah it's uh what, what are you thinking in terms of pricing and that sort of stuff i reckon they'll probably bump it up by 50 quid it's going to be more expensive isn't it it's absolutely going to be more expensive but they'll justify it in a number of ways i think so i would expect well we already know it's going to have a snapdragon snap snapdragon we already know it's going to have a Snapdragon, was it, 8 Gen 1, so previous gen Snapdragon proper chip in there. They'll almost certainly have made some improvements to the camera, which was already very good for the price. Um, yeah, and who knows what else they've got up their sleeve. But it was, yeah, I, I loved the first one. Very excited to see what they bring into the table this year. Absolutely, yeah. It's almost exactly a year to the, to the, That's to the day. It is, isn't it? It's gone so quick. Crazy. I don't know. I might. I don't know whether I'm going to brave their pre-order process again after <laughs> the shambles I had last year. Although I'm, I imagine they've sorted that sort of thing out. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? They've had they've, so. they've had enough time to anyway. Oh, did, did anyone from nothing? Did you ever manage to get in touch with anyone? Nope, nothing at all. Yeah. Although weirdly, so one of the guys to buy one. Well, funny. One of the guys I, I won't mention his name, but one of the guys that was on the trip this week. Um, knows Carl quite well um and used to work for him apparently um and even he can't get in into the like the embargo list with them it's really weird oh, wow. he, he did, I, I think it's one of those acquaintances that has kind of fallen by the wayside but there's it, no animosity or anything at all so technically i could i could get in touch with him but it's it's proving more, harder to do that and for, for whatever reason he can't get on the list so that made me feel a bit better um but yeah it, it is annoying it's, it is frustrating but yeah that's one of those things. What can you do? Yeah. Well, other than that, so I would say you're, you're, you're going to have to fill me in on what happened at WWDC because I was away. <sighs> yeah. I've, I've seen the headlines. I haven't had time to look into it. I certainly haven't had time. To, how long was the event? Was it It was two hours? Two plus hours and as, six minutes or something, wasn't it? It wasn't quite was, as long as Mark Gurman had us think it might. I thought I thought we were looking at like three hours or something, but it was, yeah, it was just over two hours basically. Um, and is, what's interesting, they only spent, I think, 13 minutes on the Mac. And during that time, they launched new Mac Pro, new Mac Studio, new MacBook Air. Was there anything else? I think that was it, wasn't it? Um, but all that stuff in about 13 or 14 minutes, they really, really sort of powered through it. 
um, which uh, was interesting. I, I suppose the one thing we can mention from that is the 15-inch the, the MacBook Air, which I do have here, which yeah, arrived what's, what's this the, week. What's the first impressions on that? Uh, it's really nice, yeah. Uh, you very quickly get settled into the size, really, like, surprisingly quickly, and it doesn't feel as big, weirdly, as the 16-inch MacBook Pro, which is in front of me now. Um, partly because it's nowhere near as chunky as the MacBook Pro, I think. The screen, obviously, is a little bit smaller. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really smart move. I think, when you bear in mind that the 15 inch is apparently the, according to several sort of you know, um, studies and things, it's the most popular laptop size, apparently. It just makes total sense for Apple to have something that isn't a MacBook Pro in that size. And when you start using it, you kind of understand why. So I'm impressed. And I went for the base model, the gimped version. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if it can... Are you going to attempt to edit any edit and publish any content from it while you're away? I don't know. This is the, I've, got, I've got to make this decision pretty quickly because I'm leaving tomorrow. But um, I, I've got to edit a couple of videos while I'm there. And they've got to be done pretty quickly because it's of uh, timing and stuff. I'm partly tempted because I don't really want to take two big laptops with me. But then I, if, I, if it does let me down, I've got a serious issue in terms of publishing stuff and satisfying mm. sponsors. So it's, um, I'm in two minds. I'll, I'll make the decision this, this today, I think. Because th there's always the chance with the, the, that issue that I had with the 13-inch the last year where it just you know, crapped out on me uh, d during a 4K video edit that potentially something else was wrong or you know, it might just have been bad luck. I don't know. Um, so I've got that at the back of my head thinking maybe it would be okay. But then equally, can I risk that? I don't know. So I'm not sure. And then you think, should I have just bought a better, better spec? Uh, but that's, I, I haven't. Like, I've got the one that I've got, basically. So Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I do like the look of it. I, I'm, it's not, again, it's not worth two and a bit times an M1 MacBook Air. I think maybe when M3 comes along, it'd probably be top of the list of the various Mac options available that I would consider. I think I would, I think I'd seriously consider an M3 15 inch MacBook Air, but I'm not at all unhappy with, with the 13 inch one, to be fair. I think that's a really nice size. I mean, the one thing I'm curious about with that 15 inch one is because it's got so much more, a, a much bigger footprint, you've got so much more space. I would expect the speakers to be probably not quite as good as a MacBook Pro, but not far off because they've they'll have a lot they will have a lot more space inside the chassis to put bigger you know chambers and that sort of stuff. What what's how's it been? Haven't tested it yet to be honest, and I suppose we've got to be careful with the copyrights doing any playback on here. But I I will try it. What's interesting? There's no speaker grills, so you don't get any speaker grills anywhere. So just like the 13 inch. They are, I assume, firing Around out the, the back. back, I would have thought. Um, whereas, with the, as we know, with the MacBook Pros, they're either side of the keyboard, aren't they? Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a test. It's a good point. Um, I've mm. not tried it yet, but I will do. But it's a lovely thing. I've not gone for the smudge version either. I've gone for the um, <laughs> Starlight Edition this time, which I think was a good good choice, actually. It's, it's very... Uh, so it's a very nice finish. It's just a lovely thing. It's just a really nice... There's something about MacBook Airs, which when you get them out, they're just... Because they're so... Th you know, especially these, the new version, the, you know, the new design, they're such lovely kind of thin wedges of... Yeah, 
stuff, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I just really like the whole thing. And it, it, it just, like I say, you settle into it very quickly. You get used to that additional screen estate, and it's a very nice thing to have. Hmm. So yeah. So what else happened at WWDC then? So a new Mac Studio. Well, well, Vision Pro, obviously. Yeah, we'll come on to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, new Mac Studio, um, which I was surprised by, actually. I, I didn't think we'd... I genuinely thought there was going to be a, a more significant um, Mac Pro announcement, which would put the Mac Studio out of out of line, but it didn't. So they basically brought in the Mac Studio... Sorry, updated the Mac Studio uh, with the M2 uh, Max and Ultra, which, I've, again, I've not tried, but apparently, according to benchmarks, are uh, significantly quicker than the M1 versions. Um and then they introduced the Mac Pro and did it very, very quickly, very sort of nonchalantly. And all they've done is take all the Intel bits out and put in the M2 Ultra. I got that right. Um, which has resulted in this comically sort of spacious interior, which is there's just nothing in it at all. There's a tiny little chip in there, and then is it is it seven? How many PCI slots are there? Is it seven? I've got that right. Um, I think that's how many. Anyway, PCI slots basically, uh, and that's it. There's just nothing else. It's just it's just a vacuum. <laughs> um, it could be so so much smaller, but then it has weird emissions, so it doesn't have a, an SD card slot, whereas the Mac Studio does, which is annoying from a you know, anyone who wants to use that thing for any kind of content creation duties, um, and also you can't put a third-party graphics card in there. The expansion slots are only for, I think, networking, possibly, storage, and that sort of stuff. Isn't you can't, you can't, unlike the previous Mac Pro, you can't stick a great big honking graphics card in there because they, well, I, it doesn't I, work. The very small amount of stuff that I've read about it, apparently it's got the, just the, the chip itself. Is, whereas before, you'd put in a couple of afterburner cards to help with, Yep. Something. What's what? What do the afterburner cars do? Is that video encoding or something? It's to do with that, oh. isn't it? Yeah, pro oh. like encoding ProRes video and that sort of stuff. But apparently, this new chip has got the power of two of those, and those were like eight grand each or something ridiculous, weren't they? And it just does all of that on the chip now. Is the, is the RAM baked in? Yeah, one hundred ninety-two gig is the maximum, whereas it used to be one point five terabytes. Obviously, with the uh, the Intel version. Um, the pricing is obviously different as well. So the, it tops out, I think, at about twelve grand, whereas the previous one topped out at about thirty grand, didn't it? If you really kind of spec it out, so it's a, it's cheaper in inverted commas. I, I think it, it's a it's a classic kind of Tim Cook cost saving exercise, isn't it? You know, we, we've got the manufacturing process for this chassis. Just chuck the M stuff in it, and then maybe next year or the year after, someone I can't think who it was, but someone compared it to the MacBook Air where they took the original MacBook Air design, put the M1 chip in it, and then a year later created this new you know, new mm. design language built around the M, M series, put the M2 chip in it. That's clearly what they're going to do with the Mac Pro, I would guess. They're going to bring out something around the M3 maybe and reduce the size. Because it's, it's way, it's much bigger than it needs to be. You know, look at the Mac Studio, it's tiny by comparison, just as powerful. There's, there's no difference between the Mac, the, a top-end Mac Studio and a top-end... Um, Mac Pro in terms of performance. You just get the, the PCI expansion on the latter, basically. So it's a bit of a strange one. Gavin has helpfully reminded us that you can still buy the wheels. You can buy the wheels, yep. 
which are still £400 slash $400. Um, and you can have the Mac Pro in rack mount the other way around, which for some reason costs more as well, I think. Um, yeah. The, the biggest question I have is why it took so long. You know, why was it delayed from last year? Was it the M, M2 Ultra chip? Was that, was that delayed? Or It just seems odd when all they've done is, like I say, to take the Intel stuff out and put the, the M stuff in there. But there you go. So that was the Mac stuff. You didn't miss much there, really. Um, have you seen anything about the software, about the OS, OS updates? Just, uh, well, you're, I think you you posted an article about sort of 17 <laughs> things that you like about. And that those are the things that I'm more interested in, really, is the quality of life improvement. So I know about the nightstand thing, yeah. which looks cool, interesting in that. Although that's not a new thing. I, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but Windows Phone had it was one of the first consumer phones to have an OLED display. It had an always-on display, and that had a feature called Glance, which does exactly the same thing. And that was over ten years ago. It always got there so, first, didn't it? Windows it, Windows Phone. It was ahead of its time. It was. Well, and then and then I've also seen the interactive widgets. Yeah. Which again, they're, they're live tiles. Which again, was a Windows Phone and thing Android had that 10. for a long time as well. Well, and and Android as well. So, yeah, but what I've, I've seen a lot of people really excited. People who have traditionally, yeah, because you've got on the Discord, you've got people that back in the day would install every beta and just live with it. And then as we get older and sort of more reliant on our devices, we're sort of less keen to do that. So, I mean, I, I was one of those people that would just install every beta and just, just deal with it. And these days I'll, I'll just wait for the, for the tested thing yeah. to come out because I just need it to work. But even those people on the Discord were so excited by what had been presented on that they've gone straight out and, you know, sort of broken their own rule and gone straight into the developer betas. So, yeah, what what, what have I got to look forward to? Well, iPad OS, just quickly starting with that, that's just, it's just it's becoming the iPhone again. So it's getting the, you know, the, the kind of interactive, um, sorry, it's getting interactive widgets, but it's also getting the customizable lock screen so you can have your time behind someone's head and all that sort of stuff. Um uh, again, I, I, I made the point that clearly they left that out from last year because they needed to pad out iOS, iPad OS 17, I guess. Because um, there wasn't much else really going on for iPad OS apart from a sort of slight change to stage manager in terms of how how easily you can or how freely you can position and, and um, change the size of windows and that sort of stuff. Um, oh, so is it more flexible now? You've got more control over where you can put those windows? That was a very big, big complaint that... Uh, people didn't necessarily like the way that stage manager automatically arranged their windows. Yeah, I've not seen a demo of it, so I don't know how free it is, but it's, it's apparently better. Um, yeah. Has it got a calculator app? Nope, no calculator <laughs> That was conspicuous by its absence. Um, loads of uh, changes to f- the phone app and uh, f- yeah, FaceTime. You can leave FaceTime um, voicemails or video messages now as well if you need to face mails face mails <laughs> um, it transcribes uh, voicemail stuff now as well so if you put someone if you don't divert a call to your voicemail it starts transcribing it a little bit like other platforms um That's and you can cool. choose choose to answer it or ignore it etc that was pretty cool um what else was there standby like you mentioned that oh, i love the look of that standby thing that looks really really cool i think um, it would definitely tempt me to charge my phone more regularly on the desk, I think. 
what else did they do? I'm just looking at my... I'm having to read my own articles to remind myself of what they did. Um, they, again, they did rattle through this stuff. They kind of went through iOS, iPadOS, macOS at Sonoma, um, and then they did, they did stuff on AirPods, and then Home, and it was really kind of like packing all this stuff in very quickly, uh, which I don't mind, but it's very hard to try and work out what, what matters and what do, doesn't matter, basically. Um, was there anything else on iOS? I don't think there was, was there? Um, I, I saw I saw something about the um, customizable like profile. So if you're if, if you're phoning your friend who's got an iPhone, you can determine at your end how you appear at their end. So you can set yourself up with a essentially like a lock screen customized picture, but of, of your of you. It's a contact poster, they call it. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Which again, it's not going to change your world, is it? But it does make it more personal, I suppose. And also, it's a very clever. It's, an, it's another tie-in, isn't it? It's, an, it's another ecosystem tie-in. If you get used to having that, then you're not going to want to change your iPhone, I suppose, are you? But you can use your Memoji for it as well, Rob. So if you, you know, all, all those as you know, consistent Memoji users that are still out there. Um, oh, actually, you just reminded me of something. The stickers, being able to pull. <laughs> yeah a subject out of a photo and make a sticker out of it. And you ridiculed that in your article, yep. saying, I'm not interested in stickers because I'm 42 years old. Yep. Can you I just remind you about your M1 oh, MacBook yeah. Air that you literally covered in yeah. stickers? That's a very good point. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but they're physical stickers. That makes it... Does that make it less no different at all, is it? Uh, fair point. That's a very fair point. Is that the same thing, though? That's kind of that's, that's that's dressing your tech, isn't it? This is like sending stickers of Craig Federighi to your mum, which I didn't quite understand. Um, no, that's a fair point. Um, airdrop improvements. I've just noticed that that was that was quite interesting. So you can now initiate an airdrop as normal with someone, so you can send them a few photos or whatever. Um, and if you have to go away somewhere once you've started it, it will continue the airdrop over the internet, so you don't have to be mm. next to each other to do it. Um, there's a few questions around that, like how how is it doing that? You know, does, does it rely on those photos being in iCloud already? Can you do it with any type of file? Is there a file size limit? All that sort of stuff. But it's it's, it's a good concept, and we just have, just have to have to see how it works in practice. And also, you can now put your phone next to someone's phone and uh, swap contact details, which I think they called name drop. Uh, cheeky, cheeky. Name. Of course they did. Of course they did. Oh, journal, <laughs> new journal. Um which looks really nice. So the only problem with this is, I think, unless anyone knows any differently, I think it's only available on the iPhone to begin with, although inevitably it's going to come to the Mac and the iPad, obviously. Um, but it pulls together all of your you know, listening history, location data, workouts and stuff, and basically draws that together to give you a prompt for the day. So it will say, you know, write about your experience visiting whatever, Western yeah. Superman how, last week. How was your run today? Exactly, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, well, Which is pretty spectacular, I think, and uh, I would be very concerned if I were employed by day one currently because obviously they don't have that full system integration. And they'll never get it because Apple yeah. won't... Well, why would they release that, that stuff to the API? Uh, it, lo it looks really good, actually. It looks really nice. They didn't show much of it, but what they showed of it did look... As you'd expect, very very easy to use, very kind of engaging, and yeah, you get reminders to to enter your journal entries, which I know you get that with day one, but you don't get that that tie in with all of your personal stuff, which is what journaling is about, really. It's it's a, it's a really smart way of doing it. I just I can't really buy into that until we have it across the Mac because I'm not I just don't I can't sit there typing away on my phone for 
for ages. I'd much rather use a keyboard. But um, on the subject of typing, the thing I'm most looking forward to is the ability to type whatever the duck I want. Ducking, yeah. Why has it taken so long for them to get to this stage? It's the most annoying part of owning, owning an iPhone, isn't it? The, it continually recorrects, doesn't it? So you correct it once, and then it goes back. And, apparently that's going to be fixed as well. And they're going to have the kind of Google Docs-like um, predictive stuff, so it will kind of predict what you're going to say next. and All based on machine learning, not AI, because they didn't say AI once throughout the entire presentation. Well, because it's not AI, it's machine learning. It's machine learning. But there's no mention of AI at all, anyway. Um, so, yeah, there's the, what else was there? Uh, Mac OS Sonoma has got a really cool thing, completely superfluous and superficial. But have you seen this thing where they've got the um, the kind of Apple TV-like screensavers? Oh, it's like... Um like Arial, there's a third-party yeah. uh, app, I think it's called Arial, which will go and get the Apple TV screensavers and lets you nice. use them on the Mac. So okay. I, I think it was uh, Justin, Justin Cox, from the, our friend Justin, he introduced me to that. I used that for a long time. Yes. Um, but the, Apple have this Sherlocked a, that then, basically. Yeah, well, it's a bit better than that. Yeah, they've definitely Sherlocked it. So basically, uh, the completely new footage, but it's um same sort of thing, although it's not, it's not, um it's more, you know, you know some of the Apple TV uh, shots are, they're not top down, they're kind of, you kind of go moving forward. They're all, they all look pretty much like that. And what happens is they kind of, they roll as the, you know, as your login screen's there. And when you log in, it kind of gracefully just stops and becomes your background. Oh, no, that is cool. Yeah, no perceivable kind of you know, uh, gap or loop point. It just kind of just stops. And that is, it looked really, really nice. Um, again, it's not going to make any difference to your productivity or anything, but who cares? It looks it looks cool, doesn't it? Did, did I see they're going to let you put widgets, rather than having them in a little sidebar, on macOS you'll be able to put them on your desktop? Yes. Is that right? They and they will be interactive also? Yep, same thing on uh, iPad as well. Yeah, so basically, it looks it, you can make your your Mac OS desktop look like your iPad with all these widgets and things. Interesting. Well, so that, again, they've Sherlocked something else then. So there's a there's a third party app called Widget Wall, which lets you put widgets on your desktop, which is mm. it's quite nice. But that is now no longer necessary. <gasps> I've just remembered something that um, yes. Justin told me about. So you know, Justin and I, we're really big into our uh, site specific browsers. So we yep. like taking a website and making a WebKit-based standalone sandboxed app, in inverted commas, yes. out of it. And so historically we've used Flotato, but Flotato doesn't seem to have been updated in about two years and the developer is unresponsive. So we both recently switched to Unity. Unity? Unify? I don't know. It's on setup anyway. It does the same thing. Um, and you might be going, well, but Rob, you hate Electron. I said, well, yeah, I do. I do hate Electron. I'm I'm much happier using a WebKit-based backend because it's much more compact than the sort of Chromium framework that you get embedded with every, with every Electron app. So I'd rather take the actual website and turn it into a standalone app than use an Electron mm. app, just because the footprint is smaller. And I I'm I'm generally more comfortable with WebKit in terms of the speed especially on apple silicon and privacy and all that sort of stuff so um 
but apparently you'll be able to do that. That's just baked into macOS now, baked into Safari. You can make a yeah. site-specific browser for an app without having to use a third-party tool, or you yeah. will be able to in Sonoma. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And you can make it very quickly. I think, I'm think i not sure how you do it, but if, if, if this is Apple, it would be a one-click affair, affair, wouldn't it, I would have thought. Uh, but yeah, it removes a lot of the, um, the UI from Safari, turns it into an app, basically. You can stick it in your as a, an icon on your dock, and you've suddenly got a... A web app, which I, I'll find very useful because I've not done any of that stuff that you've mentioned um, thus far. But if, it, if it's built directly into macOS, I, I'll, I'll use it. Yeah. So, I mean, just the uh, I, Brain FM, yeah. for example, does, doesn't have a desktop app, but using, and Louise has just reminded me, it's called Unite, is the app. That lets you turn it into, as, as well as a... a, a, a an app that can appear in the dock so you get like uh, you know notification badges and all that yep. sort of stuff you can optionally make it a a, a status bar a title bar drop down and so i've got brain fm that's just a little widget up in the top right which is quite cool did Lovely. you see that i, I, did, I remember seeing it on discord yeah, yeah yeah and yeah again it, apple doing it just removes a few barriers not barriers but a few well, steps i don't it? i don't know that apple will let you do that so perhaps i will still be using unite for certain things maybe possibly yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stick a link in the show notes anyway if anyone's interested in doing something like turning brain fm into a little widget up in the top right absolutely what is the bar along the top called i'm having a brain fart menu bar the menu bar menu bar app yeah. that's what it lets you do so, um, was there anything else? There was, there was lots of stuff about. Well, was there lots of watchOS? Because I know you you were particularly uh, kind of um, excited about that. It's not a huge update, really. I mean, again, they're just putting widgets on it. Really, it's just a, a kind of widget widgetified um, kind of spruce of the of the interface, really. Which again looked interesting, but until I get my hands on it, I can't really pass judgment. But um, aside from that, there were well, there weren't huge changes to watchOS, really. It wasn't quite the big, you know, update we were expecting, I don't think. But we'll see. Who knows? Anything interesting on the tvOS front? Uh, you can use your TV for FaceTime calls now. Well, you will be able to. Um, what, so, hey? what, what, continuity camera? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, got it. So you uh, stick your phone at the bottom or top of the TV, um, connects to that magically and uh, suddenly oh. you can get all your family on the on the big screen that is that is good news because as i said i'm gonna have to retire so you know like during the pandemic everyone in my family we all got portal tvs yes i remember yeah and now portal is dead yep i was looking for something to replace those devices that could do the job at least for the iphone owning half of the family I think it would work, yeah. And they had a very nice, they didn't, they didn't mention what it was, but a very nice looking stand for the iPhone where the, the phone kind of clipped to it and you leave it at the bottom of your TV. A classic kind of um, accessory that's probably going to you know, spark a, a million different imitations. But it's, um, yeah. Is that it, first party or is that a Belkin? You couldn't tell, to be honest. I'd, I'd guess it'd be Belkin or someone like that. But um, it looked very, very neat, basically. Um, but yeah, that that, that 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 looked fantastic. There probably were other things with TVOS, and um, there's lots of other things we haven't mentioned. One because we probably do need to start talking about Vision Pro, and two because my <laughs> voice is gradually disappearing. So <laughs> <laughs> we will need to start talking about the big thing, if you don't mind. So, have you seen anything about Vision Pro? Any kind of have you seen the you know the, the nine minute introduction for it? The video? I have not. 
Wow, I'm, I'm impressed. I know you've been you've been busy, you've been on holiday, but that's that's impressive to stay away from it. Because you you were pretty bullish about it, weren't you, leading up to the up to WWDC? Oh, I th- I think it, my my okay. So my my I think I posted a prediction before the event on Discord about where I thought they were going to go with it. So you tell me how cl- how close I was. So my <clears throat> what I was expecting was the 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 least worst. VR experience to date where they were pushing a a mindset over anything else so just extending things that already exist rather than taking the the metaverse type approach of just creating an entirely new reality that you step into just supplementing stuff that you can already see with your own eyes with more useful stuff or more immersive stuff how how close was that pretty much on the on the head really um yeah i mean what they've done is really impressive i mean it what, what's been interesting is that the people that, that, that they basically had a bunch of um press invites for you know, big big press people um to actually try it out to have this 30 minute demo and all of them, the, the people that I've seen talk about it afterwards, are clearly genuinely bowled over by it. Like it's like nothing they've ever ever experienced before. I think Marcus Brownlee said it. Um, the, the thing that amazed him the most was the the eye tracking. So to you know to move your way around the interface of Vision OS, you just move your eyes, and if you move your eye over there, it highlights the app or whatever that you want to or the control that you want to interact with, and then you just kind of do that with your finger, and it selects it. He said it, he said it genuinely felt magical. It was that fast and, and everyone else i've heard talk about it on podcasts and things have said it is genuinely jaw-dropping what it can do um so i think in terms of the the technology it's i think you you, you predicted this that it will be the best thing the best vr ar whatever headset that's been on the market so far and it clearly is i mean i've, I've not used the other the competitors but again hearing other people talk about it who have they've all said this is the best experience it's the most the sharpest um you know, it's, it's, i think you get over 4k per eye um and everything about it the, 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 you know, as you'd expect with apple the speed of the, the interface it's all just very 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 impressive to, to counter this you know get, getting rid of you know, having that balance between being immersed in something and being shut off from the entire world they've created this thing called i've already forgotten the name of it is it i it's not just eyesight is it is it eyesight i think it might be just not might just be called eyesight but basically when you first set up the the vision pro you scan it scans your face scans your eyes and creates this kind of digital footprint and version of your eyes so that when you're um, you're wearing it if you're immersed in something, the front screen is just kind of like, it's got like colours, you know, kind of Siri-like colours flashing by. If someone comes into the room and comes up to you, that clears and they see a version of your eyes, which isn't a live feed of your eyes, but it's that scan that it took when you first set it up, I think combined with the eye tracking. So if you're moving your eyes around, the eyes, the eye, the, the, you know, the eyes in the front are moving them around. So... And and you get to see that person. So you, you come out of this immersed world, and then you can start to see kind of like an AR, you know, not not pass through. Obviously, you, it's using the cameras on the front. You can see them. They can kind of see you. They can see these these fake eyes. So that's how they've kind of tried to combat this um, 
this loneliness, I think, that's kind of surrounding the, 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 the kind of the product as well. The problem with that is that it looks really funny. Like, I genuinely start if you when you watch it, you may not, but I, I yeah, we've all like laughed a little bit at Craig Federighi's jokes and stuff. But this was different. This was I genuinely couldn't stop laughing because it looked really silly. Because um, the eyes are like, it's really hard to. I, I did um, so I did obviously did my my YouTube reaction video about this, which did fairly well. I uh, got kind of 50-50 comments in terms of people agreeing with me and not agreeing with me. But I did, uh, as, always, as I always do, a bunch of um, short-form videos from that long-form video, which were just chucked onto TikTok. And one of them was just a clip of me talking about the eyes and just saying that... And I couldn't even... Even now, I'm struggling not to laugh. And when I, when I was filming the video, I, I did kind of... I couldn't stop myself from laughing. That clip, which is about 30 seconds long, that one, within two or three hours, picked up a quarter of a million views on TikTok. And I'm not joking, probably 90% of the comments were people saying, oh, shut up, granddad, you've got no idea what's going on. Or, <laughs> "What? sorry, I don't get it, what, what's, what's so funny, what's going on? A few people were saying the same thing as me, which was that, yeah, they look like minion eyes and you know, they look like the kind of googly eyes that you pick out from the, the emoji picker. Um, all this to say... I, I totally get what they're doing with it. I, I understand why they've had the eye eyesight or whatever it's called thing. Um, but it, it and also I, I get the whole point about this being a starting point. I've, I've never dis disputed that at all. Well, do, do, do they look like the uh, the sort of the funny joke eye glasses that you used to get in the back of the Beano? In, at, at certain angles, yeah. Because it uses the... I can't think of the name of the... I wish I was feeling better because I remember all this stuff. But is it a parabolic lens it uses? I think, I'm sure, I think that's the name of it. I'm probably getting all these things wrong. It's probably the, the least accurate episode of 8 or 16 ever, which is saying something from my perspective. Um, but it, it uses a certain type of uh, lens on the front. So no matter where you're looking, you know, if, if you're side on to the person... You, it still looks relatively normal, if that makes sense. I think I'm sure it's called a parabolic lens or something. It it does something with the light anyway to make it as you move around. It looks it still looks fairly normal. Um, only it's not perfect, and there's just certain certain shots of that thing in Apple's own promo material that just looks really funny because their eyes are kind of slightly skew if and. I don't know. I just thought about. Yeah, if I, 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 think, I, I think I probably will find that amusing because you, I'd be you surprised know, if you didn't. My, when I do my Photoshop shit posts on Discord. I like to mess with dimensions. I like to give people slightly too big heads and, you know, or just I'll caricature them in a subtle but amusing way. And it sounds like that's probably going to make me laugh as well. But we'll get we'll get used to it because, as I say, we thought AirPods were silly we did, at first. And of course, there's, there's all that stuff. What was interesting, though, and a lot of people have picked up on this, is that none of the executives wore it. So Tim Cook didn't come out on stage wearing it, which he did with the when, it, when, it, when he launched the, the watch. He came out you know, brandishing it. And typically, when a big new product is launched, the executive or the, the CEO, whoever it is is doing it, will come out he with did, he the didn't, thing. He didn't pull it out of his pocket watch pocket. Didn't pull it out of his pocket watch pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't put it on his head. There was, there was just no footage whatsoever. And I can't think of who was it. Uh, who was it? Um, someone. Anyway, someone said, uh, someone, you know, fairly big tech commentator said, that was 100% a deliberate decision at some point. They would have said at some stage, you're not wearing it, basically. Or Tim would have said, I'm not, I'm not wearing it. Which raises all sorts of questions, I think, doesn't it, about it. Um, so I think from my perspective, I'm not down on it at all, but I'm very 
cautious about it. I think what what has surprised me and what has kind of, I suppose, frustrated me a little bit is that there's a, a certain group of people, it's a big group of people, trust me, I've seen it in the comments, um, who have immediately jumped on this and said, this is this is it, this will work, this is, this is the future of computing, it is Tim's iPhone moment. I don't think any of that's guaranteed, personally. I, I, I think, hang on a minute, let's, let's, clearly we're a long way from what Apple wants, which is to have a pair of glasses like this do everything that Vision Pro does. That's years and years and years away. Will it last that long to get, you know, will we have the stamina for it to get that, that far? You know, will developers want to put loads of R&D into this stuff and time and expense into developing something that, that not many people are going to own at three and a half grand? Are you going to get one? Um, well, what I'm thinking, because at the minute, I mean, I wrote about this this morning, that the trend graph for Vision Pro is really interesting. So it spiked, if you look at Google Trends, spiked the day after the announcement, as you'd expect, and then just fell off a cliff. No one cares now, which isn't surprising because it's now up to developers to do stuff with it, and it's not coming until early 2024, we don't know when, and it's only coming to the US to begin with. So, And it's $3,500, so... That's no surprise that there's a lot of interest now it's disappeared. But I do know that when it does launch next year in the US, it will suddenly go off like a rocket again. So what I'll probably do, because it's my profession now, I have to do this sort of stuff, I'll probably go to the States, I think, and try one or find someone who's got one and get them involved in the video because um, I, I don't really want to wait until... I, th I think this is a big enough thing to experience and talk about and have more, you know, have a bit more about you to, to to kind of like I say get it get it in your hands or on your eyes and have something to lean on in terms of a, 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 an opinion about it. But just just very quickly, the one thing that I, I I don't know what you think about this, but the impression I get with this is that clearly they've developed it for many many years. This thing has been underdeveloped because it's such a hard thing to get right, and they've clearly got a lot of it right. Um, so th this would have started before the pandemic. Then the pandemic comes along, and you know not to put put too fine a point on it if you're developing an ar headset and then this thing happens where suddenly the entire world is thrown into this solitary confinement and working remotely that's good news <laughs> for that product that's like it's suddenly it's raison d'etre isn't it? it's like wow this is this is why we're doing this and then the pandemic kind of tails off people go back to relative normality in a in a way and i've said this today in, in the blog that it almost feels like it's too late like it kind of wrote it was ready for that new kind of pandemic era which didn't last and i don't know it bothers me that it's now coming after that and a lot of the kind of demonstrations and stuff on the, on the video felt very pandemic-y and a bit dystopian like people have said it's i don't know i'm not comfortable about the whole thing if i'm honest so i've, I've brought up the posts that I put on the Discord about my prediction. And that I my opening statement was, I think Apple will reimagine what a display is. So I don't think that it's about the device. So they've, they've, they've introduced this new term, spatial computing, haven't they? So, uh, so what I said was, at, you know, at the moment you're constrained to the physical dimensions of whatever device you purchase. So whether you buy an iPhone mini, you buy an iPhone Pro Max, you buy a 13-inch MacBook, you buy a 16-inch MacBook, you buy a, you know, an ultra-wide display or, a, you know, whatever. If you buy that, you're, you're then constrained to that forever. And what I expected them to present was a future where you take your display with you 
and you can use it in all of the all of the contexts in which you would currently sit in front of a display whether it's at your desk whether you're sitting on your couch looking at the tv whether you're you know on a plane you would you can then put a screen in front of you a virtual display that fits the context in which you're in that that's the future that i expected them to show I went on to say that I thought that they might try to augment physical devices that you already own. So I was, <laughs> I went, I went, I went completely wacky, just having like sort of holographic Memoji beamed out of your Apple Watch, for example, or uh, you know, turning your existing iPhone into a dual, you know, a flip, a dual screen iPhone. Well, just quickly, you're not far off with that though, because you, you know you can do that with a MacBook, don't you? So you can take What's your that? MacBook. We were of this. So while you're wearing the Vision Pro, you can get your MacBook, open it, and detach the screen from the MacBook and have it above you as a 4K monitor. So you can yes. you can't do the watch. I mean, that that's that's probably version two, but um, <laughs> you can do that with a MacBook. So that's you you were pretty close with that. Interesting. So yeah. So and then the last point I made was dragging stuff out of your physical devices into virtual three dimensions. So, for example, you're on your phone, right? And you want to compare a bunch of web pages. That's quite difficult on a phone because you've got to flip between the tabs and so forth. If you're wearing your Vision Pro, you can have your your virtual your your, your actual phone drag those tabs out into separate tabs, and then you can more easily compare the things that you want to compare. That's the sort of use case that I was mm. envisaging. I did see a tweet about um, them either deliberately or or not making some sort of visual reference to the minority report scene where he was watching three-dimensional footage of his dead kids yeah that was weird that was really strange do you know the context around that i think they were suggesting that you might like to wear them at your children's birthday party to capture 3d videos of those special moments and then rewatch them on your own because everyone in, in these in these uh, Vision Pro demos were on their own in massive rooms or you know in in big rooms again with two or three people in them very socially distanced. Not to put too fine a point on it, um, but yeah, they had this guy wearing one, sort of kneeling down with his kids opening presents and stuff. Again, look really silly, uh, and I don't know any other kid who wouldn't just walk over and try and rip the thing off your face, um, or pull it and then let go of it so it kind of <laughs> dislocates your eye sockets. Um, and then, like I say, then rewatching it, and I, I think I can't think again. I can't remember who it was, but someone was talking about the the demo of that where they showed you the footage, and he said it was genuinely very. Um, almost moving that you could be in the same room as what was happening originally but again it's very dystopian isn't it and um it's not quite what you you were suggesting the stuff that you've suggested makes total sense to me as to the for me the most impressive thing was that macbook thing you open the macbook and suddenly take the screen off and you've got this great big 4k uh screen that you can move around in the field of view and put wherever you want that's that's quite interesting everything else was kind of more classic vr slash ar stuff really um yeah i don't know there was no fitness stuff there's no uh, apple fitness you know running on your treadmill or on your bike with a with a headset on so um i don't know i i just think i just don't think it's guaranteed to work i think there is this this kind of uh, like i said a bunch of people who, who think it's just it's that's it there's no way this can't work I don't agree. I think it's a big punt by Apple. I think they probably know that's okay. I think as the pandemic has 
tailed off in terms of people getting back to normal. There probably are a few squeaky bums there in terms of investors and probably even Tim Cook himself, who knows. Um, it just doesn't feel quite right for now. And I know it's not, like you say, it's not about the device. It's not really about, even about Vision OS at the moment. It's about the, excuse the pun, vision for computing. But there's just something about it that doesn't sit right with me personally. But maybe I'm in the minority. I, I have to say, if I were in your position as a, you know, with your profession, where you could eke out some budget for it and write it off against the business, I'd seriously consider getting my hands on one. Even oh, yeah. as just a, a piece of history. As a, Do you think what a first-gen iPhone is worth? Because not oh. many people bought those. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It would be just a... Even if you use it, you, you get some of your investment back through content up front and then it just lives as a something that appears in b-roll or in your tat shelf behind you but as a long-term investment because there are not going to be many of those around i should clarify i mean in term for my profession it's brilliant <laughs> like, they yeah. couldn't have done anything better in terms of a brand new product than, than vision pro it's just absolute gold dust even though we've had that spike and it's fallen off now like i say it will pick up again once it starts once once we get nearer to the launch date um and yeah i mean in terms of flying across the states and, and probably buying one it's an utter no-brainer it, it would pay for itself in one video um and like you say it, it who knows? It may become a relic, it may, or it may become the the, the the like you know the original iPhone. It could be the the thing that started it all. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I can't wait to to try it and get one and and do stuff with it. But I just I need so much convincing about this. But well, I mean, if you if you can't be asked to fly over to the states and pick one up yourself, you know, my mum lives in the states. Well, so you you've got you've got. You've got mates in the States anyway. You've got your Josh C's and your Neils. You can get someone to send you one over. That's true. It's it's an excuse to get on the plane though, Robin. It's an excuse to go somewhere I've not been before. That's that's true. Go back to New York. Um, Yeah. We might have to wrap it up there because my voice is, I think, is just about to go. Um, Yeah. Sorry for making you do so much talking this week. Oh, don't worry. Woefully unprepared. No, don't worry about that. It's my job, really, isn't it? <laughs> I've got to film two videos as well this afternoon, which is going to be a right laugh. Um, I might do it wearing sunglasses. I might actually go full-on Casey Neistat and stick the, the sunglasses on. Um, no, no. I, I mean, it was a fairly bad, in terms of uh, wrap-up of WWDC on my part, not great. I would I would definitely watch it and <laughs> don't rely on my, my half-assed information. Um, but I think we covered the main things, really. There wasn't... I think Vision Pro completely obviously wiped the floor with it. That was the thing that everyone came away from it talking about, which, which was always going to be the case, which they knew. Um, but I think we've covered... Was there anything else we missed? No, I think we're, I think we're there, really. But yeah, watch, we'll it, just, watch it when you can and we'll, we'll reconvene. I, I made the joke earlier about pulling a Vision Pro out of your, your, your jeans, your, your watch pocket. What was the product that Steve Jobs pulled out of that pocket? Was it the first-gen shuffle? Was it the first generation iPod, the very first iPod? No, was it no, not? No, that, no, no. Well, that wouldn't have fit in your watch pocket, would it? Oh, watch pockets. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I so it was, I think it was the first. The, you know, the white oh, shuffle. Yeah, it would have been the shuffle. Yeah, because that, that was tiny, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have you got one of those knocking around? Did you have one of those back in the day? I didn't have one of those. I had the which shuffle did I have? There were a few different versions, but what was the clip one? The one that clipped on? That was the second generation. Well, it, it depends. Well, so there, were, there were two different versions. Of, well, there were three different versions of the clip-on one. You had the first one, which was sort of rectangular and yeah. had the, the circular buttons 
to one side. Yeah, it wasn't that one. Then they brought out one that didn't have any buttons on it at all. And then they brought the buttons back, but it was perfectly square. From memory, it might have been that one, possibly. It was definitely the clip-on one, I remember that much. What about you? Did you have one? Yeah, I, I had the second-gen one that you had to... You, you could only get data onto it via a little dock thingy. I remember that, yeah. Because they were like... They were about, what, 50 quid or even less than that, I think. Oh, they weren't very expensive. They were weirdly... Weirdly affordable for an Apple product, weren't they? I remember, I remember that being the case. I might try and see if I can pick one of the original shuffles up because the conventional notes, the general consensus is that those first-gen shuffles had the best DAC of any iPod ever, weirdly. Well, okay. So, that, so I don't know, just they got a good deal on a really good DAC. It was, it was the only one, it was the, the only iPod that had that particular DAC but it just happens to be the best sounding DAC that was ever put into an iPod for whatever reason. And I'd quite like to hear one. Yeah, have to ask, uh, have to ask Audio Geek about it. I bet he's got one. I'm sure he has. Yeah, get on the Discord for that. <laughs> right then. So yeah, so next time, hopefully you, you, you'll, you'll hopefully have watched um, WWDC by that point and we can we can reconvene with some yeah, more Yeah, I'm, I'm really bummed that I didn't have time to before this call to do it. Because, you know, normally every year I sit down and I, I pretty much transcribe it, don't you I? You do, I sit yeah. down and make, just make a huge list of everything that's mentioned. and then I, I expect that in, in two weeks' time on a things. full transcription. It's <laughs> <laughs> my, my homework, isn't it? Right, <laughs> right I'm going to go and lie down in a darkened room. I'm not, I'm going to carry on working, but um, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try and do that on the, on the flight tomorrow. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Cheers, Rob. Well, hey, have fun in New York, get well soon. I will. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how you get on next time. I'll say hi to Casey for you. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers.